Local Newsday with Jeff Andreas. Uh, we're not hiding anything. We have been uh, as transparent as any jurisdiction in North America uh, on a daily basis for months, giving appropriate information to the public so they have an understanding of the risks of COVID-19 in British Columbia. That was Premier John Horgan speaking back in November, saying that British Columbia is as transparent as any jurisdiction in North America when it comes to providing COVID-19 data. I, like many others, never believed that statement then, given how data is reported in places such as Ontario, where case data has been broken down by neighborhoods really since the beginning of the pandemic, while we here in BC have been getting information related to health authorities, large geographical areas that don't give a true picture into where the hotspots truly are. That is one of several examples to show that BC has not been as transparent as other places. And yesterday, well, it was all made very clear that some data is actually, well, being hidden from the public. An article published in the Vancouver Sun and written by Nathan Griffiths gets right into it. I'll just read the first paragraphs here really, really quickly, but it says, a pair of internal reports leaked from the BC Center for Disease Control highlights that health authorities in BC are only releasing a fraction of their available COVID-19 information to the public. The internal reports, each of which run over 45 pages, are four times longer than the weekly reports published by the Center. They delve into the details of COVID case counts and vaccinations at the neighborhood level breakdowns about variants of concern, and more. The reports include neighborhood-level information on case and vaccination counts, for example, uh, a level of detail the center has so far refused to make public because repeated calls from academics and researchers, uh, are, despite those calls from academics and researchers, and, uh, well... It goes on from there. I'll leave it at that. So that was from the Vancouver Sun yesterday. For a little bit of reaction to this, please to bring on to the show now health critic for the BC Liberal Party, Renee Merrifield. Renee, thanks so much for the time. How you doing here this afternoon? Oh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit warmer here in Kelowna, so uh, I'm uh, happy to report. Uh, well, yeah, I think you're just making us feel jealous. Are you happy to report it just to make <laughs> us feel bad? Is that what's going on? <laughs> no, 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 to encourage you that it can be a different way. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there for sure. All right, Renee, Absolutely. let's talk a little bit about this article that came out yesterday. I, I guess maybe first of all, have you had a chance to kind of follow along with the uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry and Dr. Ray Gagustin conversation that uh, has been going on? It's over now, but it was like between 2.30 and quarter after three or so. Did you have a chance to, you know, tune in there to, to hear what they were having to say and defending their position here? Yeah, I certainly did. I, I, I tried my best to uh, to not be more upset than I was previous. Yeah, did you, did you hear anything in, in that that said, uh, you know, okay, I totally understand the justification for withholding some of this information because, you know, there was a lot of different ways the question was posed, and we actually seemed to get quite a few different answers as to why some of this information was not being made public. Was there anything that, you know, stood out to you as, as making sense? No, not even a little bit. And, uh, and it, it actually reaffirmed what we've been hearing all the way along that really didn't make any sense. Uh, since I took over as the health critic back in November, I have been asking for data. I have done open letters to the premier, to the minister of health, asking for better data. I have shown examples of great data and where it's being done in every other jurisdiction across Canada. And what I heard today was more excuses 
that really don't that don't matter and the, the you know the hiding right um you know they they first hid behind privacy and that was what uh, we heard back in december then there were some excuses in january and february about resources and to that it, you know to have it turn out that they've had this information all the way along it's it's disheartening and really discouraging and honestly a truly a failure of government one of the things that, that frustrated me as I was kind of tuning in, in and out throughout the course of that, uh, that availability that Dr. Henry and Gustafson had was one of the things that Dr. Henry basically said is she communicates the information she believes the public needs to make decisions. I don't know if that is an appropriate stance. I don't know if it's up to them to decide what information the public needs to make informed decisions. Shouldn't that be up to we the public? Absolutely. The public deserves better. The public deserves the truth and the whole truth. Uh, you know, this is a this is a mess and this absolutely decries poor leadership. You know, public decides what's important to them. And this is another example of this belief that government knows best. And we know throughout history that that does not end well. So we need to empower people. And by empowering people, you earn their trust. What we've had over the course of uh, largely, you know, really since the uh, since the election, what we've had are journalists doing spreadsheets and charts. We've had parent Facebook groups doing a better job of alerting uh, school districts and schools. We've had blogs and bloggers that have done a better job of assimilating the data. We've had mathematicians, PhDs, experts in the fields trying to piece together this picture. And all the while, the government had the information at its, at its ready availability. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, it's just unbelievable to me. And, and honestly, that, that pat on the head and the government knows best is, is really, really disheartening. Um, I've really, really been hoping to see some of this neighborhood data that we have seen in places like in Ontario, right, where they break things down, like within the city of Toronto, uh, just very specific little pockets of where cases are coming from. And I think it would have been really helpful to have that information, uh, you know, for us here in Kamloops. I would love to know which sections of the city might be more of a hotspot than others. That doesn't mean I'm going to go out and, and shame people who live in a neighborhood and, and t- you know, try to tell them whatever steps they're taking to prevent COVID-19 just simply aren't working. I don't think that would happen, but it would be nice to know where some of these cases are coming from. And one of the excuses that they use for not releasing that data, especially early on, which I did kind of get behind a little bit, was when we're talking about small communities, say like a Logan Lake, for example. If there was one uh, case that popped up in a community like that, everyone would probably know who the individual was, and that's not something that they wanted to make public, which, you know, fair enough. But we're way past that point, and I would have really liked to have seen this information start coming out uh, at some at some situation. You know, probably mid to late last summer would have been a good time to start, and yet here we are 15 months into this pandemic, and we're just learning now that they actually have this information but refuse to release it. I mean, do you have any frustration? You're in Kelowna right now. Do you think it would have been helpful to have that neighborhood-related information if it was available to you? Absolutely. And, you know, you, you gave Toronto example, uh, Edmonton. Edmonton has neighborhood by neighborhood information. So, you know, it's not just the, the massive city centers. It's also, you know, our, our neighbors uh, just next door. Mm-hmm. Um, so incredibly frustrating. And it does help to give public um, uh, awareness. It helps to, to guide their behavior. Uh, and and I'll, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a counter to the Logan Lake example that you gave. Um, people already know who the one person is in a small community. What this does, though, is it, is, is it 
it gives it uh, a different sort of um, power for everyone to protect each other and to make the best choices possible. But it goes one step further in that really agencies can make the best choices. Agencies can make eyes wide open decisions. It's really, you know, our institutions and our agencies and our nonprofits that are trying at the front lines of this pandemic to make a difference. They are the ones that are going to the BC CDC dashboard every day. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, typically your GQ public, but having said that, they are also empowered. Whoever wants to be empowered is able to be that. And, you know, I'm looking across all these other jurisdictions and I'm not seeing the, you know, the negative examples that they are giving. Do you, how much do you worry about the erosion of public trust that might be coming from what we're seeing here over the last 24 hours? I, uh, you know, we were being told to almost blindly trust public health and a lot of people i'm sure have been doing that but when you see some information being withheld like this it makes me wonder just how much people are going to be willing to listen to some of what they have to say moving forward uh, i don't think anyone's you know going to be traveling and, and going on vacations to the island anytime soon but you gotta wonder if some people are maybe sitting there thinking you maybe, maybe i could do that because uh what they've been saying all along just simply isn't the whole picture Absolutely. Uh, you know, I was taught growing up that trust is, is earned and it's easily lost and very difficult to regain. And, you know, when I look at this government and, and, you know, they're only six months into their mandate of majority. And yet during that six, seven months, they've absolutely bungled this entire COVID-19 um, pandemic and vaccine rollout and now data, there was already suspicion. There was already, why can, a, why can a journalist put together a better spreadsheet or why can a mathematician put together better data? Why can, like, there was already this suspicion. This just confirms the suspicion. And, you know, I thought it was a little bit telling today that, you know, we've got elected men, you know, three NDP MLAs, and we've got the health minister and the, and the premier. They don't show up, but who does? Well, we've got their, you know, them hiding behind mm -hmm. public servants. And again, that just erodes the trust that we have in our government. It erodes the trust, and, and, and it's such an important time. At such a time when we need to be able to trust when we need to be able uh, to move forward together as a society. This is a really big mess. You've been making the call for a long time. The entire BC Liberal Party has been making a call for a long time to see more information being released. Whatever data is available should be made public. How does this change that call? I know you're going to continue to make the push, but does this today make any changes in how you go about approaching that? Oh, yeah. It, we changed from here's the data we would like to see to just release the data you have. <laughs> you know, you know, we've been asking for them to change their resources to, you know, to really bolster up some of this, uh, some of this data. And instead, now it's just like, just give us what you have and give us what you have all the way back to when it started, whatever, you know, I want to see the evolution of the data. I want to see what you've, what you've been keeping, you know, from us 
for longer than just the six, seven months. Um, but this is a, this is a, a real, it's an abuse of power. It's a failure of government. And I am very disheartened, um, by this. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to continue to ask for it, but it's not an ask to, you know, to start creating it and to put resources towards it. Now it's just, just give us what you have absolutely, and give it to us every single week, because that's what we need as a society. And that's what we need to be doing in order to make the best decisions possible and to move forward out of this pandemic. Renee, uh, I really appreciate the time. Uh, thank you so much for this. It'll be interesting to see how uh, the NDP plans to m- move forward on this. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more questions coming from reporters over the coming weeks. And I, I don't have any faith we're going to see more of this information being made public, but there's definitely uh, going to be a bit more of a push to see it. That's for sure. So appreciate the time. Thank you for this. Enjoy your weekend. Absolutely. Thank you so much and have a great one. Happy Mother's Day to all of those moms out there. Yeah, that's a great, great point as well. Thank you so much to Renee Mayerfield there, BC Liberal Party's opposition critic for the Ministry of Health. And again, just reacting to the news today or the news, I guess, that broke yesterday from a report by Nathan Griffiths in the Vancouver Sun just talking about how a lot of information is being withheld when it comes to COVID-19 data. Um, So a pair of internal reports leaked from the BC CDC highlights that health authorities in the province are only releasing a fraction of the available information to the public. Internal reports uh, delve into details of COVID-19 case counts and vaccinations at the neighborhood level, breakdowns about variants of concern, and more. Things that I think a lot of people would have found very, very helpful uh, for a very long time, especially when we're talking variants of concern. That would have been very good to know, you know, five months ago when we were starting to see real outbreaks happening with variants of concern. We know that hotspots were uh, located in the Fraser Health Authority. Well, maybe for those individuals who live in that health authority, knowing where those variants of concern were might have been a good deterrent to stay home or stay away from certain sections of the area because that would have helped prevent transmission. It would have helped prevent spread. If people just knew where things were happening, knew where more hotspots were, I do think it would have made a big difference. And I just don't like the fact that people were, we were being told, hey, we'll release the information that we feel is going to be beneficial to you to make decisions. Well, I think you, you or I, should be able to decide what information we could use to make those decisions. All the information that we could have, the better. The more info that's out there, the more informed we are, the better decisions that we all could make. So uh, this was a bit of a bombshell when I read this article yesterday and definitely happy to be able to have some reaction to it today. Now, I'll I'll play a quick clip here. I don't know if it's the best clip coming from today's um, uh, availability with Dr. Bonnie Henry, but I'll just play this. It starts with a question from uh, uh, global reporter Richard Zussman, who is asking again about this release of information and withholding some data. Um, this was one of many times this question was asked, but I will just play this one for you, and uh, well, I'll let you make a call on how you feel about it. There'll be a lot of frustration, though, by that answer, that why not, if the work is already being done, just take this exact work, if you trust the public to consume it, just provide it to, directly to the public. And, and are you worried that, you know, the idea that this information is not distributed in this form directly to the public could erode public trust in in what's being done from public health? I think we need to recognize that everybody has, uh, you know, there's a process that it goes through before before it's meaningful. And as as Dr. Gustin was trying to explain, we we have as well um, 
processes for reporting of health data to ensure that they can't be linked. And so this is, these data are reported through the surveillance report um, where there's context added and, you, you know, you have to hear the conversations about each of those before you, you, you know what they actually mean. So they are put into a context and released publicly. Okay, so it has to go through a process before it has any true meaning. Well, that's... That's what reporters do. That's their job is to get the information and then start digging into it. And you didn't even give them the opportunity to try. I can't believe that. Um, you know, I, I've been a supporter of Dr. Bonnie Henry and, and public health throughout this whole thing. And, you know, I, you've all heard me say it countless times to wear your mask and wash your hands. And uh, we're not in this forever. We're just in this for now. Blah, blah, blah. All the catchphrases that come with this. Uh, there was a point in time, and I still feel a little bit like this, that we're kind of getting a little bit tired of probably hearing Dr. Henry go up and deliver the same message. I'm not saying it's not an important, important message. Just sometimes it can get a little bit stale. That's where I feel about that. But all that being considered, uh, it's... It's 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 really hard to blindly trust it anymore. Not that I was ever doing that, but you know what I mean? It's really hard to just put all your faith into those words and know that it's coming with the best of intentions. I'll leave it at that for now, but I was just really shocked when I saw that, yes, there was this whole whack of data that's out there that's just not being put out for us to consume. And I thought it was an interesting point by Renee, and, and it's totally true that we're seeing data or, or, or charts that are being made by reporters that are much more helpful than what's coming from public health. We're seeing mathematicians make, you know, charts and, and, and blog posts that are more informative sometimes than what public health has been releasing. Uh, that's an unfortunate situation. They should be delivering. They, they should be the point place, right, where all this is coming from. And I guess they are. But sometimes the fact that more details or, or more useful information is coming from a third party is somewhat troubling.